Welcome, Warriors, to MDC. In this series, I'm examining every single goddamn page of the Secrets of Shadowloo supplement for the Street Fighter storytelling game, intent on uncovering the single biggest secret on each page. Every episode covers one page, every episode is short. Secrets of Shadowloo was published in 1994 by White Wolf Game Studio. Today we're discussing page 63 of Secrets of Shadowloo. We are on the last page of the Shadowloo Adventures section. Previous pages have talked about all kinds of different campaign ideas where Shadowloo is an antagonist, but this page really gets to the heart of the matter with, number one, a campaign idea for directly infiltrating Shadowloo, and number two, a handful of story ideas for having an actual adventure on the island of Mriganka. With a lot of the ideas we've seen in this chapter so far, you're fighting Shadowloo, but you're doing it elsewhere. In a mansion in France, in a courtroom in Germany, in a rumble on a baseball diamond at high noon. Finally, on this page, we get some ideas for adventures that take you right to Mergonka itself, and there are some fine ideas here. There's one really weird one called Reverse Impersonation, with the idea being uh, this is a solo campaign, one player character and a GM, and that one player character is being targeted by Shadowloo. Shadowloo, like, gives someone plastic surgery to turn them into an exact duplicate of the player character and then has them go out and do terrible shit to give the player character a bad reputation. So the first leg of the campaign is go find your doppelganger and beat him down. Then after you do that, Interpol or whoever approaches you and says, hey, now that you've taken down the fake you, why don't you become the fake fake you and go back to Mergonka posing as the person posing as you and do a mission for us there. Um, that plot idea is kind of interesting. The bigger revelation is the fact that Shadowloo apparently has like an organized program where they remodel an existing Street Fighter into an exact duplicate of a Street Fighter they hate so they can go out and give them a bad name. That's a that's a major capacity I didn't know Shadowloo had. And it also makes me wonder why Shadowloo spends so much time trying to recruit lower level Street Fighters who they like when they could just essentially clone them. I mean, normally, you know, you could give somebody weird fantasy plastic surgery to look just like somebody and you wouldn't have to go much deeper to create a pretty effective con but in this case you know you're duplicating a street fighter their job is street fighting their vocation in life is street fighting their most identifiable traits are street fighting traits obviously the duplicate has to be able to street fight like the original street fighter otherwise the deception won't work and on a gaming level there's no way this one player character can pose as their own duplicate if the move set and physical capabilities are totally different so yeah, apparently Shadowloo can just like take an existing Street Fighter, you know, slide him into the evil bake oven, and then they come out as like a hot steaming clone of whoever the hot honorable Street Fighter du jour is. So the plot is fine, but it's the implications for street fighting that interest me. And it's the same thing with the biggest secret of Shadowloo on this page. Uh, a little rules issue, apparently, with the Street Fighter circuit that Shadowloo is looking to use to pad its record. It appears to me that the Street Fighter circuit operates under no takey-backsies rules. Here's the adventure seat. Uh, it is called World Warrior Tournament. Quote, A world warrior has accepted a challenge to face Sagat at the Mriganka stage arena. The world warrior is allowed to bring three promising fighters along as seconds. The heroes must keep an eye out for ninja assassins, evil scientists with sinister gadgets, and other hazards that Bison may use to try to alter the outcome of the fight. They may even be selected to fight a Shadowloo Street Fighter in an undercard match before the big bout. So plot-wise, this is uh, fairly underwhelming. It's an escort mission 
where you're escorting someone who's a lot more powerful than you are, just kind of running interference for them, like jumping in the way of evil scientist flying buzzsaw drones or whatever the fuck, noticing that a ninja is about to jump out of a bush and tackling them before they can. I guess just so the world warrior isn't bothered by having to beat the ever-loving shit out of whoever dares to fuck with them, because world warriors are vastly more powerful than you will ever be. But the plot's not what concerns us here. What's interesting here is Bison's goal and how he plans to achieve it. Bison wants to affect the outcome of the match between this world warrior, let's say E-Honda for the sake of simplicity, and Bison is trying to achieve this end by, first of all, arranging for the match to be in Riganka, which obviously E-Honda only agreed to on the condition that he gets to bring along three little pissant street fighters to keep any ninjas from getting underfoot while he's walking around the island. And then Bison intends to like spring some kind of trap, you know, sick ninjas or, or evil scientists or whatever, maybe a nice electro robot on E-Honda to determine the outcome of the match. So presumably to like injure him, capture him so he can't compete, I don't know, kill him before the fight. I don't know what the plan is. But the point is, M. Bison expects to get this win in this duly arranged, official and notarized Street Fighter match by basically like bombarding E-Honda with shurikens before the match so that he's like already bleeding and goes down easy. It might not be that blatant, but certainly his plan is to for example, break one of Honda's legs, even if he does this surreptitiously, even if the player characters are for shit, they don't make their alertness rolls or whatever, so they never notice the ninja surreptitiously leaping over Honda and dropping an anvil on his head, even if it seems like a total accident. I guess Bison expects that this will result in a match taking place and Sagat scoring the win. But this only works if street fighting operates under the no takey backsies system, because otherwise, after E-Honda agrees to go fight Sagat in the big Mrigonkin arena, if E-Honda then gets both his feet stuck in the unbreakable bear traps of a Shadaloo trapper, why wouldn't he just say, hey, sorry, I really wanted to prove the value of sumo as a fighting art, but unfortunately, both my feet are in bear traps. I can't really go right now. <laughs> so either let me stay in one of the little pointy huts and recover, or I'll catch you next time Sagat's in town. If Honda could do that, like, clearly he would. Maybe you might run across a world warrior who is like so hardcore and honorable that even if they get jumped before the match, they're going to go out there and give it their all. But that would have to be a pretty bad beating to make a difference. I mean, not to get into this thing where like the game rules are the physics of the world, but mechanically healing is very fast in this game. I mean, these are characters who have brutally violent fights on a regular basis, sometimes in the context of like a multi-day tournament, and they're just they're just fine. They're just okay. It's it's part of the setting that, you know, you go in, you take your lumps, you get flaming dragon punched, you get hit by some baseball bats, maybe you get the odd tiger bite, but you win round one, and then the next day you're back for round two. I don't know what the fuck you'd have to do to an E-Honda or a Ryu on day one so that they'd be really hurting on day two by those standards, but whatever it is, I think it's enough to say, hey, could we call this off? Like, if you crashed a plane on E-Honda, I think even he would have to say... Let me take a minute and rest up. Like, I'll see you tomorrow, even. He's not going to show up in a cab, all bloody, still smoking, and be like, sorry I'm late, I got hit by a plane on the way here. No, no, it's ridiculous. And if you do put the match off, then, then it makes no difference. The only way this works is if you are forbidden from calling off arranged matches. No takey backsies. If you agree to street fight somebody, then that street fight is happening, and if you don't show up, then it's forfeit. That makes the ninja assassins make sense, too. I mean, it's pretty fucking grim, a little bit petty to challenge somebody to a fist fight, get it all notarized, and then kill them before the match so that you get to mark up one posthumous forfeit against them. But I don't put it past him, Bison. I mean, we've gotten to know this guy. We've gotten to like him. But let's not forget, 
This is a motherfucker who does not know how to stop. This is a motherfucker who does not know the meaning of the word perspective. I think M. Bison would probably kill to own an E-Honda Funko Pop, let alone to own an actual win over E-Honda. So that's the big secret of Shadowloo on this page. While official wins and losses and like official records and official documentation are very important to M. Bison in the Street Fighter circuit, he will not hesitate to cheat, up to and including murder, and the rules of street fighting support him in this. If you murder somebody before they can fight you, they forfeit. And apparently backing out of a match because you were injured or incapacitated or had a plane unexpectedly make a landing on you is either not allowed or so disastrously bad for your reputation that it's better to lose. It makes you wonder why street fighters who are very concerned about their win-loss records don't just surround their home arenas with landmines. Although, come to think of it, that's basically Mrigonka. So, fair enough. Anyway, enough of this petty rules lawyering. Join me next time when we seek out the secret of beauty itself and the arrogant prick who is its paragon on MDC. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret Patreon-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that RSS feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact or check out the show wherever you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. Street Fighter and all associated trademarks are property of Capcom. This season's theme music, used under a Creative Commons license, is City Lights at Night by Revolution Void, whose work you can find at sites.google.com slash view slash Revolution Void, or at freemusicarchive.org slash music slash revolution underscore void. Thanks for listening. Now get lost. You can't compare with my power. (laughs) 